G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always good on a Tuesday to get an update on those big stories as they've been breaking overnight to do with Israel and the Middle East. And on a day like this, where the headlines are being dominated by international news that involves the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who has exposed uh, something in the vicinity of a 100,000 secret files saying that Iran lied big time in reference to their nuclear program. And the U.S. presidents responded immediately. Let's get some insights from Ron Ross, who's been scouring the headlines. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. I loved uh, President Trump's reaction on the lawn this morning when he said, I've been right 100% at the time. Uh, In a dramatic press conference in Jerusalem aimed at the international community, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu unveiled a cache of secret files he says were obtained from inside a hidden Iranian site and clearly demonstrate that Tehran maintained a secret nuclear weapons program despite declarations to the contrary. Netanyahu explained that the structure of the U.S.-led international nuclear agreement was in part based on deceptive Iranian descriptions of its previous nuclear work. He said Iran's failure to disclose its secret program while misleading the world shows the nuclear deal is based on lies, based on Iranian deception. The Israeli leader presented evidence that Iran continued research for a nuclear weapons program even after signing the 2015 nuclear deal. Iran's leaders repeatedly deny ever pursuing nuclear weapons, Netanyahu began. Tonight I'm here to tell you one thing, Iran lied. After signing the nuclear deal in 2015, Iran intensified its efforts to hide its secret files, he said. In 2017, Iran moved its nuclear weapons files to a highly secret location in Tehran. Netanyahu said the secret nuclear files proved the following. Iran lied about never having a secret nuclear program. Second, even after the deal, it continued to expand its nuclear program. Third, Iran lied by not coming clean to the IAEA. Finally, the nuclear deal is based on lies based on Iranian deception. The Prime Minister's speech was based on 55,000 pages of documents and 183 CDs that Netanyahu said were smuggled out of an atomic archive painstakingly preserving Iran's secretive nuclear program so that the country would have the option of restarting its nuclear weapons activities after the nuclear deal expires, or in the case of Tehran, prematurely bolting the agreement. It was interesting to see President Trump's reaction. President Trump called the Iran nuclear deal a horrible agreement for the United States in response to the comments by Netanyahu. He stopped short of saying whether he'd abandoned the deal ahead of the looming date deadline on May 12. 
The president addressed the claims during a Rose Garden press conference yesterday. That is just not an acceptable situation, Trump said. Uh, it's very dramatic, and May 12 can't come quick enough. Well, things are hotter and deeper than we know, Ron Ross. Uh, let's go to another story, also quite prominent right now in the headlines, and that is a story that comes from the Syrian Monitor that reports 26 fighters, mainly Iranians, were killed in a missile strike at the weekend. What's the story? The Assyrian state television on Sunday reported that enemy rocket attacks struck military bases in Hama province and in the Aleppo countryside with reports of 26 or more pro-regime fighters, mostly Iranians, killed in the blast. Sana, Syria's state-run news agency, cited a military source claiming that a new aggression targeted military positions in the countryside of Hama and Aleppo at around 10.30 p.m. The monitor said the casualty count is expected to increase, with some 60 fighters still missing. The target of the attack in Hama was an Iranian depot housing missiles, accounting for the huge explosions seen at the site. Iranian state television citing Syrian media reported the attack. It was not immediately clear which country was behind the alleged strikes. When asked for details, the Israel Defence Forces refused to comment. Okay, let's talk contrast between the people of Israel and the surrounding nations. There are some Muslim Arab analysts who've been trying to explain why Israel is far ahead of the Arab world in issues like education, economics and military power. What's the story here, Ron? Well, over the past several months, a series of Arab commentators have sought to explain uh, the progress of Israel compared to the Arab world. According to translations published by the Middle East Media Research Institute, Memory, the general consensus was that Israeli democracy gives the country their strength. In particular, the emphasis on the rule of law, the fight against corruption, and the importance of education. Although the commentators at times engaged in their racist rhetoric and smeared Israel as an apartheid state, they nonetheless acknowledge that Arab nations have failed in their basic responsibility to their citizens, where Israel has not. Rida Abd al-Salam, the former governor of Egypt, al-Shakira province, and a lecturer at Mansoura University in Egypt, noted, the Arab and Muslim peoples live under regimes that for decades have engaged not in developing their peoples and establishing themselves in economy, society, science and democracy, but in establishing their own rule. During this time, he continued, those we call the sons of apes and pigs, that is the Jews, engaged in real building. They focused on education, health, economy and technology, and of course on the democratic process. So often we've heard of the imprisonment of a president or a prime minister in Israel. That doesn't happen here. And so much in so little time, uh, only 70 years since the reformation of Israel. Uh, Ron, let's talk about the U.S. Embassy moving to Jerusalem, uh, all on track with that, as I understand. And now a multi-million dollar building for Christians visiting Israel to be built right next door. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, known as the Fellowship, is breaking ground on its New Jerusalem headquarters, 
a multi-million dollar building that will provide a home in the Holy Land for visiting Christians. In the context of what has become known as the Golden Age of Jewish-Christian Relations, the new center will be located next to the planned U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem, a move which many evangelical Christians in the United States strongly support. The building project, which will likely take three years, is also located exactly in between the Western Wall and Bethlehem, where Jesus was born according to our Christian tradition. The headquarters will primarily be used as an educational facility in which Christians will learn about Jesus' life in Jerusalem and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, including baptism, which some say is based on the Jewish tradition, uh, tradition of mikvah, a ritual bath. According to Yale Eckstein, the fellowship's global executive vice president, the building is intended to be inspirational to both the Christian visitors and beneficial for the people of Israel. And Ron, there's an interesting little story here that's developing because the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, who obviously is presiding over Israel, uh, there's some controversy here in that he has hired a Christian Jew to assist with social media production. That's raising a few eyebrows. (laughs) It sure is. An Israeli believer in Jesus is making headlines across Israel after Netanyahu's office hired him as the new deputy social media advisor to the Prime Minister. Hananiah Naftali is a popular social media figure advocating on behalf of Israel on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. He's been sharing on social media for years, has a following of more than 310,000 on Facebook and more than 26,000 on Twitter. But at least the Jerusalem Post is taking issue with those beliefs. The Prime Minister's newest advisor, they write, a Jew who loves Jesus. That's the headline in the Post. Later, the web version headlined, From Praising Jesus to Tweeting Bibi. In the front page article, the Post noted that Naftali's parents are both Jewish, but said he had called himself a Christian in a video. According to the article, Netanyahu's social media advisor, Topaz Luke, hired him. He described Naftali as a full Jew on both sides, one who respects Christians, who love Israel, and do so much to strengthen Israel. Luke was quoted as saying, Naftali was a superstar, and he would help in running Netanyahu's social media networks. Times are changing. Certainly raising eyebrows within Israel, but there does seem to be something with an international political flavour here because uh, your own personal thoughts here, Ron, but there really is an embracing of especially evangelical Christianity around the world who appear to be uh, some of the closest friends to Israel. Uh, it does go a long way to say how they're trying to bridge any, any gaps there and, and embrace those who are supporting Israel. Well, I think the Christian influence in Israel has been a a long-term program. People like the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem, Bridges for Peace and others, have been sowing seeds for years and years. But now with the election of Donald Trump and a very pro-Christian agenda, uh, there are good things happening for Israel. And in Israel, many put it down to Trump's policies. Uh, There was a visit there recently by the new Secretary of State, Pompeo, And he called on the Palestinians to start a dialogue with Israel or be left out in the cold as far as a peace treaty is concerned. 
uh, and uh, a prince in Saudi Arabia has told the Palestinians to get their act together and start negotiating with Israel. And all this has come about by influence uh, of Bible believers in the administration in the U.S., and it's much appreciated by the Jewish believers. I go back years uh, to Rabbi Riskin, uh, uh, who was criticized within conservative Jewish establishments because he said that Israel could not exist without strong Christian support. He became a good friend, and he has spoken out on the Jewish side, while there are many now who are speaking out as Christian believers who believe that Israel is very strongly uh, referred to in the Bible and has a place and a future for all of us. Well, Ron Ross, once again, thank you so much for scouring the headlines and delivering to us a very meaningful and timely update on the developments that are going on in Israel and with those surrounding nations in the Middle East. Always appreciate your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.